Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate your feedback on the contents of the show. If you aren't already a subscriber, I encourage you to become one and rate Taking the Higher Road in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen. Today, I'm excited to chat with Jenny Abernathy, Vice President, Enterprise Capacity Development, Driver Recruiting at CRST International. Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, Jenny. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jeremy. Happy to be here. Now, there's a lot I'd like to cover today. And uh, for one, your, your background prior to getting into trucking, your involvement in Lead ATA, a special program that promotes the future leaders of the trucking industry, and how you and CRST have uh, adapted and improved in this ever-challenging time. Plus, of course, we'll also take a deeper dive where I'll have you answer one of the questions submitted by a listener. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, that sounds great. Now, before we get into all that, I'm curious, have you uh, traveled at all recently or attending any, any industry events? Yeah, so we did some recent travel, my family and I. We live in Iowa, so we took a trip, a road trip to Florida. It's a little chilly here, so we made our you know, destination, our social distancing on the beach not too long ago, so that's been um, really great and just started to get out, you know, see more CRST sites um, not too long ago. But, you know, I've been on site here for several months. So my clothes still fit, which was a really good box to check yes. off. Got out of the sweatpants and back into my work gear. So you know, we're ready to go out and, you know, get to see more people across the industry soon. So, well, speaking of, uh, you know, kind of clothes still fitting, you know, it's been 14 months, you know, for me. I haven't really gone anywhere. And so just last week, uh, Atri had its the research advisory uh, committee meeting. And so I was in Atlanta, first time I'd been wearing, you know, slacks and a sports coat and, and dress shoes. And I was telling my wife as I was, you know, heading out to to catch a plane, I said, man, these shoes really hurt my feet. And she says, well, yeah, <laughs> you've been wearing slippers every day for a year. So that'll- You're gonna have you, to- Take some to getting used to. switch out of the heels next time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, take some getting used to. Now, uh, when I first met you a few years ago, it, it was clear you were super outgoing, uh, very engaging, you know, never met a stranger. And it appeared as if you'd been in the industry you know, all your life and you knew everyone. But I know that's not the case. Uh, you are approaching six years at CRST, but can you share what you were doing uh, before you joined CRST? Kind of what, what background did you bring into the trucking industry? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. That's really kind of words. I really appreciate that. But you're right. So this summer will be six years for me at CRST. Um, I feel like sometimes I'm in my very first year still and, you know, year. And then sometimes I'm like, these are dog years. and I've been here forever. I've been here for 40 years, but almost six years. So not sure that that makes me a rookie or, a you know, uh, an experienced expert. But prior prior to CRST, I had a whole career in retail. So I was with Target Corporation. Um, was really lucky to cross paths and be mentored with a lot of really great leaders there. Um, that for those of you that have never, you know, known Target, their culture is really incredible. They're really fanatical about driving results, but, you know, really focused on having a strong balance of developing and, you know, engaging talent at all different levels. So spent 12 years there, came out of college. I was an intern there, worked, you know, in a variety of different leadership roles, um, both with daily operations for stores. And then, you know, my last half of my career was what we call multi-unit leadership. And so that capacity was something I really loved. Um, I had to really be challenged to think differently, influence at higher levels. I worked with a lot of, you know, diverse leaders across multiple states and, you know, really had to learn how to communicate thoughtfully and gain buy-in, you know, to drive change and sometimes didn't always have the authority to do it. So, you know, how I partnered was really important. And, 
you know, being resilient was a big part of what we were doing in retail. Also, everything was constantly changing, just like in trucking. So, um, but the other piece of that is, you know, root causing problems. Problem solving is something that I've, you know, kind of found is my happy place because, you know, no two stores are alike at, you know, Target, just like no two problems in trucking are alike. So um, that time has really shaped me, I think, into the, you know, leader I am today and brought really a lot of influence into how I, you know, lead at CRST. Now, how do you feel that, uh, that, that, that that experience helped you embrace a new industry with its own set of challenges? I mean, there's a lot of commonalities, as you kind of described. Do you feel like some of the leadership, the trajectory that you were on there um, kind of really helped you uh, in, the, in a new role, in a, new, in a totally new industry? Yeah, I'll tell you. So, you know, when I interview people, they ask me all the time about my background. And I tell them during my interview process with CRST, and I interact with quite a few of the vice presidents and leaders, um, it was really easy to start to see correlations between retail and transportation. They're really, you know, both are very results driven industries. They're fast paced, but, you know, deep in the core, it's just all about people and, you know, people management and bringing the best out of one another. So I'm not going to pretend like that transition wasn't hard, but I think my time in retail, you know, there was this mantra that we had that the only thing constant at Target was change. Um, so that helped me really quickly, I think, adjust to transportation. My six years here, the ebbs and flows of the freight market or the driver capacity market has been, you know, just like it's like a roller coaster. Um, but that fits really well with, you know, people management, problem solving. I think I get really energized when there are big obstacles or big hills to climb. And um, lucky for me, because that feels like a constant in this industry also. So um, I kind of spoke to this, but one of my previous roles um, at, at Target before coming to CRST was about, um, you know, supporting stores. And so I used to run a store and then they transitioned me into this multi-unit. Um, I moved from having, you know, direct impact every day on a result to kind of really high operations focused and then um, went to support. And I was supporting 60 stores across three states and didn't have a ton of the authority. So I had to really learn how to think about, you know, unique challenges, different businesses, different teams and adjust how I you know, my tactics or my strategies or my communication to help them be their best, which helped, you know, me be my best. And so help me learn how to listen, um, be accountable to my performance, but really think about their outcomes as being my outcomes. And that helped me evolve, you know, how I led. So I think when I think about CRST and, and specifically driver recruiting, you know, I, the fact that, you know, we're a critical component, clearly, of any any trucking company recruiting is critical. But um, you know, we don't earn any revenue. We're not revenue generating that the drivers are and our operations teams that support them really are. And so, you know, as I take that support role from my past and really integrate that into what I do, you know, at CRST, it's about listening and responding to the needs of our operations partners and our drivers. And, you know, I really fully recognize that and embrace that. And my team is critical to that component of success, but, you know, we're here to support and that strong partnership I think it's really helped. We've built it with operations, our safety teams and our senior leaders that we need to be, you know, really good stewards and embrace their needs and, you know, constantly look at ways to generate new ideas and, you know, new solutions to help them succeed, which in turn, you know, it's a win-win. It helps, you know, me succeed. So high accountability to overall company success comes from that support. I think, you know, that's what we're always laser focused on. Well, you've been in, in leadership roles, you know, all of your career. Um, as a member of the American Trucking Associations, you were recently recognized as one of the up and coming bright stars in the industry and, and participated in ATA's uh, most recent lead ATA program. Now, full disclosure, Driver Reach is a sponsor of this program, and, uh, and I love the idea of um, promoting the industry's future leaders. Uh, I know this wasn't a typical year uh, for a typical year for lead ATA. What have you 
learn through the program, though? I mean, in spite of that, I, I would imagine it was pretty enlightening. Yeah, yeah, we're still underway. And so it's definitely been different. Uh, and But coming from outside, you know, it's it's really incredible to see that there's so many, you know, people in this industry looking to contribute. So, so far, you know, for, for lead, we've, you know, clearly interacted with one another, you know, we started really interacting with, you know, executive committees and previous ATA, you know, lead members. And so that's really opened my eyes that, you know, this industry can feel like a really small family, which is really incredible for how really big it is. But there are people really passionate about this industry. Doesn't matter if they're recruiting operations, analytics, safe. I mean, there's just all corners of the world in trucking. There's people out there making, you know, a difference and contributing in the industry. And, you know, that it's not always something that I got to see before. And so um, that's really eye opening. There's a lot of people with a lot of passion and it really helps, you know, me see where I can fit into, you know, changing and growing and helping this industry be great in the future. Well, I know this is, I think maybe eighth or ninth uh, lead ATA group. Do you know? Yeah, that sounds about right. I know. And the reason why I say that is because all those other years uh, that those groups are able to really, they, they, they really gel. They, they bond, they spend a lot of time together, get to know each other because they're going to different events throughout the year, but you haven't had the luxury of that same sort of dynamic. This is your first time, right? Coming up your first, first time where you'll all be actually together um, and, and meeting people in person for the first time. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah, I am. We have the, you know, ATA mid-year management session coming up, gosh, real soon here. And um, it will be the first time together. So we've had Zoom events and we've had, you know, everything online and digital. And it's just a little bit different than never meeting in person. So I think there's going to be probably a few drinks shared, a few stories told. I imagine we'll have a lot of good bonding coming up over the next few days. So really excited to meet everyone in person. Now, uh, from your experience in the program, any 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 words of advice or suggestions for for any others who may be interested in, in participating in the lead ATA program? Yeah, I think for me, I absolutely remember, you know, recommend being a part of it. You know, it, even just I remember looking back coming in thinking, you know, what will I gain? And, and just the insight that others bring that helps you open your mind, you know, to what the industry challenges are, what you know, what you're facing isn't always you know, just it's the tip of the iceberg. And so I think it's a great experience to kind of broaden your horizons, get you out of your day to day and be thinking bigger, which is, I think, really great for anyone's personal development, but also their personal impact on the industry. And, um, you know, it helps you think about all the resources that are out there. It's sometimes when you're in the fight every day, you think about, you know, what can I do today? But there's a lot of people out there that can help support and bring new ideas and, you know, we're not always the smartest person in the room, but there's always somebody else we can lean on. And so, you know, I think certainly I would recommend either nominating leaders into it or certainly becoming a part of it and embracing it as a, you know, part of someone's development for their future. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I think it's a great program. And uh, again, I'm, I'm really excited to be sponsoring you. So I look forward to seeing you at the uh, mid-year management meeting. Uh, I would like to switch gears though and talk about some of the challenges that the industry is currently facing with uh, recruiting and retention. Uh, which is a perfect you know, segue to our special segment, A Deeper Dive, where we take a question from a listener seeking expert advice. Uh, the question is, how can I get buy-in? Interesting that that's what you, you actually talked about earlier. How can I get buy-in from leadership that we can't keep doing the same things that aren't working anymore? We aren't growing and there's such an opportunity right now. Thoughts on buy-in? Yeah, that's a, what a great question because if there's anything I think we're all facing right now is you know, how do we change? How do we evolve? And, you know, freight's abundant, rates are strong, but the driver market is, you know, super challenging. And so, 
you know, for anyone in those shoes, you know, first and foremost, if you're, you know, looking to try something new right now, that could be really pivotal for your company's growth. And so if you're pushing for change, keep pushing, um, you're doing the right thing. So it's whether, you know, you want to evolve how you recruit or how you advertise or what you do to support your drivers differently, or maybe you want to explore a new freight vertical. I think, you know, this is the year that, you know, everyone is evolving their approaches. It's the right time to sharpen our focus. And um, so if you're in that fight, it's worth it. Keep fighting. But um, for me, I think I'd recommend, you know, how you influence, whether it's senior leaders or those around you in key le leadership roles. You know, I, I'd always recommend looking at how does it impact the business? So what are your what is what are you recommending to grow or change and do? And then lean on data to support that. I think um, anyone in the, that's making business decisions wants to understand the data behind it or the reasons why it's also really hard to argue with data and facts. And so you've got that in your corner if, you know, those things indicate change is needed. Um, we read a book as a leadership team a couple years back here called The Speed of Trust. Um, and it kind of gets to the core of what's, uh, you got that in there? I do. It's I have it library. on my shelf. <laughs> I do. I have it. I don't think I've read it yet, though. Thank you for saying that. I have, now I'll read it. Yeah, Shh. you need to. And so for us, it talks about key behaviors. So there's, I don't know, 12 or 13 key behaviors. And uh, we've leaned into a couple of those this year, probably more more so than any other. And the two are talk straight and confront reality. So, you know, really important parts of having trust on a on a team or in a unit. And so if people are looking to change and evolve, you can't bury your head in the sand any longer. Um, probably couldn't five years ago, but you certainly can't anymore. And so you've got to have those hard conversations. And, you know, if you can respectfully review the reality of your current situation and you know, back it up with data that support your new ideas. I think that can go a long way to build respect and maybe find clarity in a solution. Um, and then it's important to remember that change is hard. It's scary. Sometimes when you're looking to drive a change, it's like jumping off a cliff where you can't see the water below you, right? You don't know where you're going to fall. And so, you know, put thought into researching the competition and, you know, what would you, what, what would you recommend for those changes and how can you be a part of the implementation? Because, you know, change can come with heavy lift and, um, do your research and, and lean on others. That's, you know, one thing we kind of talked about with lead ETA, but the, the amount of people in this industry that are, um, coming up with new ideas and trying different things. Um, usually they're all way better at it than I am, but I listen and I ask, and then I think about how it can pertain to me and my team or, you know, CRST. And you can come up with a lot of new innovative ways to, to, to do your business by leaning on others. So, um, ask for advice and help mold things. And, you know, if you go to the competition and do research on them and bring that back, no one wants to get beat out by the competition. So that could be highly influential, too, to kind of lean on for, you know, driving change. So certainly it's ERST. I've only been here almost six years and, you know, we're constantly looking at ways to grow, constantly looking at ways to change. And, you know, the landscape and trucking is ever evolving. So, you know, if you're here to influence change, if you're looking to drive something different, you know, keep it up right now is the right time to do it. Yeah. And if you're not growing, you're dying. You know, and I think that's a, you know, you and I have talked before about the importance of, uh, of of leaning into the challenges that we're facing. And one of my favorite mantras this past year has been, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. And we've talked about that, you know, and COVID and the challenges that it has brought. It's also uh, there's been some silver lining as well. I'm, I'm curious, how have you and CRST confronted these challenges and, and how has your recruiting and retention efforts evolved, especially maybe over the last uh, six months or so? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we say a very similar thing here. Our, our CEO kind of pushes that also with, 
you know, if there's never let the crisis go to waste. And so six to 12 months, it's been a crazy couple of you know months, feels like years. But, you know, I first think about when we first, you know, hit COVID, we went remote and my entire team, with the exception of maybe two or three people started working remotely, including me. And that was really hard at first, trying to figure out how to communicate, how to keep up with one another, how to hold people accountable, how to train, how to you know, just navigate that landscape. And, you know, certainly we've evolved and gotten better at it. But, you know, silver lining, it really helped us open our eyes up to a whole different workforce. You know, we've we had remote recruiters in the past. We've certainly grown that talent pool. You know, we've added leadership that's remote. We've started to learn how to train better remote and provide tools and resources that are remote. And so, you know, we're making our way back on site locally, but we've, you know, onboarded all kinds of remote people onto our team that have really helped us diversify and you know, location shouldn't be our deciding factor, talent and skill set should be. And so that's been, I just think a really great, you know, add for us as a team. And, but there's been a lot of other, you know, things that have evolved and changed. I think about, you know, CRST certainly has a core skill set of driver training and um, this, you know, 2020 certainly shook the CDL training a bit at its core. And so um, as COVID hit, we stayed really committed to, you know, providing a great onboarding experience and training for those looking to join the industry. And we, you know, really aggressively sought out more training school partners. And um, even when, you know, they were struggling to get people through their programs, we, you know, partnered up with them. We partnered up with local DMVs and just tried to find solutions for drivers that didn't want to be sidelined and, you know, how to safely get into the industry. And, um, you know, that's been really great for us. We've started to really place you know, more people out where students are and get, you know, really fully embrace field recruiting and, you know, think about how do we meet students where they are so we can help be a part of their um, success and keep that pipeline of talent coming into CRST, into the industry, um, so that, you know, we don't see those barriers going forward. Um, and then probably most recently that I think we're all living this pain point of the cost to advertise, the cost to just get applicants in your door is different. I think about what it was a year ago to today. It's it's been a pretty staggering change. And so, you know, we're looking internally now on how to be better at what we do. So whether that's recruiting or marketing, um, you know, we're looking at areas to train our staff on, you know, how do we eliminate waste in recruiting? There's waste all around us. And, um, you know, taking the opportunity now to really hone in on our skill sets for our, our recruiters. If we get in front of an applicant, we have to make that experience exceptional. We've got to stand apart. You know, we've got to have, you know, the training and tools to give them every driving opportunity. There's a lot of driving opportunities at CRST and our recruiters need to feel really comfortable, you know, explaining those and, and hooking that driver up with the one that's just the right fit for them. So uh, with cost rising, we can't be wasteful. We've got to really maximize, you know, every experience that we have with a potential driver and make sure that we're giving them our best. Um, we do have a small internal marketing team and they've really focused also on, you know, getting our our brand and our, our jobs and our opportunities out in the marketplace organically. Um, so I don't, we don't always have to rely on paid advertisement, you know, really putting us out there where people can find us is a really great solution too to start, you know, generating, a, you know, resources that, you know, can help you be present where the applicant is and, you know, convert at a hopefully a lower cost um, or at a higher rate. So, um, and really, just in the last probably 60 days, something that was long overdue for CRST was we really started looking at our driver referral program. So, you know, a, a great area to, you know, pay your your drivers, your office staff, anyone, you know, that works for you to to really engage in the driver recruiting funnel. And, you know, we dusted that off and said, it's just not as strong as it could be. So, you know, that's another area we're looking at right now that, 
really should evolve how we recruit in the future. So um, lots of challenges in the last six to 12 months. I think we'll all come out better for it. Um, or I hope we'll come out better for it because there's certainly been a lot of, for us, growth and learning along the way. Well, you're not shrinking from the challenge, that's for sure. That's encouraging. Uh, this year, it seems there's also a lot more talk about retaining drivers, You know, recognizing that the best way to keep drivers, uh, or to recruit drivers, I should say, is to keep the ones you've got. Uh, what do you see as the best way or ways to retain drivers when you know they're getting sol solicited you know, on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, I'm soliciting all your drivers right now on a daily basis. So that's that's a really great question. Um, and something we face every day, I've started really, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about this in the industry right now. I'm constantly listening to what advice is out there and what can we learn and take from, from you know, other industry leaders on how to build out driver communities and, you know, give better support mechanisms or really think about communication and that cadence, you know, to make sure that drivers are informed and they're supported and hopefully retained with us um, long term. And so, you know, I think for CRST, a lot of people don't know this, but we began transitioning individual operating companies over the last year into one CRST, um, really starting um, in 2020. But we officially transitioned our, our dedicated fleets and our flatbed fleets and our solo local and our, you know, team over the road fleets into one brand. And we really kicked that off this past January. So for us, it's given kind of a fresh way to look at our team as a whole, our driving partners as a whole, and what, you know, enterprise-wide changes can we implement to provide the best experience? And so, you know, some of them are about making better decisions to have the best fleet. And we've, you know, looked at our drivers and we've, you know, we're implementing hair testing and that's something that we weren't doing before. And, you know, you know, putting that in place so that we've got the best drivers, you know, that want to be with us. But, you know, part of it is about evolving with our drivers and, um, you know, we seek out and look for feedback at a larger scale and think about those trends that, you know, instead of doing it each little individual, you know, operating division, we do it as a whole. And, you know, as COVID hit, your driver needs really, they really changed. Um, they wanted to be home more often. Um, that was certainly the biggest one that probably hit us. And we have a really healthy, strong team over the road fleet that used to stay out for three to four weeks at a time. And, you know, our operations teams wanted to address that. They looked at our freight networks. They re-engineered things. And so our, you know, over the road network, a lot, you know, higher percentage of our drivers are getting home weekly now instead of staying out for three or four weeks at a time. And, you know, there's a lot of freight opportunities right now. So we're really leaning into, you know, growing dedicated, growing solo and expanding opportunities and giving, you know, meeting drivers where they want to be met. I think that's really important. Um, I think everyone's evolving their driver compensation. You know, that's certainly something that we've looked at. Also, we had a significant step up in our driver pay. I think, you know, paying those fleets what they deserve is important. You know, drivers certainly deserve it. Um, and then we, like everyone, have gone back and asked for rate increases from our customers and our, you know, independent contractors are at record earnings. And so, you know, I think that that, that certainly helps sustain a fleet of, you know, to feel rewarded for the work they're putting in there. So um, probably the other thing that we've changed in the past year um, to really give better support for the drivers and, you know, our drivers is to be present with them in their career. Um, so we added a team of career advisors. So there's lots of opportunities, you know, any carrier that's got, uh, you know, good size has, a, you know, real diversity in driver opportunities, uh, but not always the best way to share that with a, you know, a driver when that's, you know, kind of maybe burned out in the position they're in. Um, so we added career advisors in, they can give knowledge and support if, you know, the position of drivers in isn't what they want anymore, if it doesn't fit their needs, instead of seeking something else out, you know, outside of CRST, we want them to certainly look internal. So um, we look at, you know, how do we provide training opportunities? How do we, 
you know, really look at upskilling for our drivers. So if they want to get their hazmat or TWIC, you know, how do we support them if they want to, you know, move into a specialized fleet and, you know, get hands-on experience, you know, with high touch, or if they want to get securement training and transition into flatbed, you know, we're trying to look at how do we provide those opportunities all in-house, um, you know, explore and being an independent contractor in their own business. Those are all opportunities that our career advisors now can really help guide and, you know, provide a solution for. So it's important to become an employer of choice. You know, you have to evolve. You've got to, you know, stay in front of where your drivers want you to be and make sure you meet them there, which is, you know, clearly critical. The men and women on the front line certainly deserve that. Well, it's encouraging to hear how you've uh, embraced the challenges ahead of you and how, and how you and, and CRST are really forging ahead and really leaning into this. Um, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. And I do look forward to seeing you finally again very soon. Thanks again so much. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember to follow along at driverreach.com slash podcast. Please submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review the Taking the High Road podcast in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else you tune in. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.